the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head to our, into Hour 2 on this Friday, we do so with George Kaloff. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group, the president of Data Orbital, and the best uh, political analyst and consultant I have ever met. George, happy Friday, and welcome back. How are you, sir? I am good. Always good to be on with you, Seth. How thank are you doing? You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a lot I want to do with you today. Plus, we have to make up for last week. <laughs> I've been I've been waiting to explode with you here, George. First of all, the Mark Kelly debate last night with Blake Masters um, made national news. Uh, I watched it twice. I'll give you two pieces of feedback that I think nail it. One was from my producer, Bill, whom you know. He said, you know, you often watch these debates and you want to kind of sometimes throw your shoes at the television, wishing your candidate, the Republican, would say X or Y or Z or go after this or that. He said, I had none of that last night. Blake uh, handled himself and said everything uh, perfectly, smoothly, uh, didn't miss a step. And then I just got to listen. I was asking, the, pulling the audience on their views. Listener Joe just wrote in. He was amazing, uh, Blake. He was amazing and handled both Kelly and the moderator perfectly. He wouldn't let them pin him down on the abortion narrative they are trying to pin him and on us. And Blake flipped it back on Kelly perfectly. He wouldn't let Kelly bully him. And uh, it was blatantly obvious that Kelly was nervous and stumbling and had to keep going back to his notes. Kelly said nothing interesting last night. He really didn't, uh, George. Uh, objectively, I think Blake did a fantastic job. Objectively, he won that debate. My sense, anyway. So... I, I would 100% agree with that assessment. I also, you know, want to take this time to remind that at least, at a minimum, Mark Kelly chose the debate, unlike Katie Hobbs. I know we, we talked about that. We don't need to go down that road. But at a minimum, Mark Kelly chose the debate. We sure. can clearly tell why he doesn't want to debate uh, more than once. He yeah. only debated Martha McSally once last time around. Because That's there's right. No substance That's there. right. It is superficial. It's talking points. It's high level. Uh, my assessment is that Blake did an excellent job, particularly on the issue of the border and in, in pinning down Mark Kelly on that. And when Kelly uh, was trying to pin Masters down on the abortion issue, um, he highlighted the extremism and then he pivoted, which is what should happen. And we all know that when the mainstream media, who wants desperately for Mark Kelly to win, when even they have to say it was, quote, neutral in a tie, that usually means that our, our guy won, right? And so Absolutely. I think in this scenario, objectively, yep. uh, Masters did well. And again, it's all about the pivot. This is the thing that is becoming very clear in this election cycle. Yeah. Oftentimes, when the Republican and the Democrat is going toe-to-toe and there's, there's an allowance for genuine back and forth, uh-huh. we are better prepared. Mm-hmm. We do have the substance. They do not have the substance. They are running from having to do that because our candidates have substance and are in the right position and their candidates lack substance yeah. and are in the wrong position. I and think that's, that's right. Clear. I think that's right. And one of the things that I think is fun to watch, and I saw it happen twice last night. It may have happened more, but my eye caught it twice with Ted Simons. Um, one was on the abortion issue and one was on the election tampering fraud, however you want to call it, issue. 
and I, I Blake left the moderator, I think, uh, educated and speechless a couple of times on his responses. On the abortion one, uh, George, um, I don't know if you've seen this piece in the Wall Street Journal by Marjorie Dannenfelser. I know you know Marjorie. I don't know if you've seen her piece, The Political Case for Federal Abortion Limits. She, she says what Blake was saying last night. She says today, and I don't think Ted Simons knew this, only 10 percent of voters support the Democrats' position on abortion, while 72 percent back restrictions at 15 weeks. Who's the moderate here? Who's the immoderate here, right? 100 percent. I mean, we know that in Arizona. It's not just a national statistic. Yep. It's a statistic in Arizona. We have done five polls in the last two weeks in various states around the country. It's the, it's the statistics in those states. The mainstream American, the mainstream Arizona, and the mainstream enter X state name is not with the position of, and I'll call it the position of Planned Parenthood, the position of the left, whatever it is, which is abortion until birth. That is not that is not where the majority of Americans are at. The majority of Americans are in a position where they want limitations on abortion. And for, look, from a federal perspective, the thing that is unifying, and other states are going to go farther, and we have seen them go farther, um, is the 15-week mm -hmm. uh, limit. But uh, this is the thing. We're not really debating um, mile markers of where it is. We're debating either all of it yep. or something else. Yep. That's the issue. And our side does not often, and Blake did a very good job of this. I know Carrie Lake's been doing this in that race. Um, we don't often point that out. We're not debating like there's some Democrats that say, no, it should be 20 right. or 15 or this. Right. No, it's either all of it or the Republicans are extreme and crazy. Yeah. And, and then our response is silence. Uh, like today, Katie Hobbs right now is doing a press conference or was about this with Chris Mays on the extreme abortion positions of their two opponents. And and, and our response needs to be, no, actually, that's not the case. Here's where it lays out um, so we can push back on the narrative. A couple of things were revealed on that part of the debate, too, I think, last night, George. Um, one is, and I think this might have been an educational moment for Ted Simons, too, I think, uh, I think he was surprised to see that Mark Kelly would not announce or state any limits uh, at any time on abortion. Mark was asked several times by Blake and uh, and Ted Simons on that once Blake fed it, fed that question, turned it around on him. Mark Kelly would not identify a single a single restriction uh, or time period of restrictions. That's interesting. Point one. More interesting is why the hell he can't. George. Uh, sorry for my French, but isn't it interesting how ardent and what a vice grip that what industry has on someone like Mark Kelly, who's supposed to be a little bit more independent, who's supposed to be a little bit more moderate, and he cannot say he would impose a single restriction up to and including the ninth month of pregnancy. It just shows you who, yes, the extremist is, but how closed their mind is and how much of a vice yeah. grip that industry has on them. It's interesting, isn't that it? Is a, that is a critical point because on almost every other issue, yeah. literally almost yeah. every other yeah. issue, yeah. taxes, the economy, yeah. the climate, labor, you name it, there is some level of, uh, I'll call it a dirty word in today's day and age, compromise. Yeah, or bragging um, that right. he challenges his party Something. on X, Y, or exactly. Z, right? They brag Something. about that on the margins, right? Yeah. There is some way um, there is some disagreement right. but on this issue. Somehow, some way, the base on on that side has so galvanized. Yeah. There is not an iota of room for disagreement on an issue that is actually more out of the mainstream than almost on anything else. That, to me, 
is a is a master class in how to cause a bunch of people to fall in line and essentially um, just put their blinders on or or what 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 could be arguably worse I don't know if this is better or worse Seth you you, you know you tell me <laughs> they're just they're just they're just true believers in this on everything else they don't care but they're just true believers in this they believe that this should be allowed and this should be okay which frankly I think uh, is a little bit worse than, than uh, it, it is worse and I you know I I don't think I've even ever met Mark Kelly. I don't think so. But I can't believe, I just can't believe that an adult human being would have no compunction about nine-month abortions. I can't believe it. It's hard to accept. It, going to your point, you know, the ardency of this and the vice grip that that, that movement has on the Democratic Party, there is no suggestion of ever challenging his own house on this or his own president or his own speaker or, well, or, or the own, his own majority leader, I guess I should say. It's just really interesting that he's willing to, to let everyone know he is committed to seventh month, eighth month, and nine month abortions. It's yeah. odd yeah. as hell it, to me. I, it's hard to believe he actually believes that, but that is what his voting record is, and that is what he tells you he will commit to. Yeah, and at some point, you know what's the saying? If it walks like a duck yeah. and it quacks like a yeah. duck, then it is a duck. Yeah. If he keeps behaving in this way and he keeps saying those things, then, then at some point you're going to have to lose the. You know, you have to lose the independent, you know, mantra because you can't be independent and be in lockstep on this. Yeah. You mentioned Biden, even Biden, heck, 20 years ago yeah. had other limitations. Yeah. This would be a way harder of a debate yeah. if there was any other position like, hey, we, you know, we at least draw the limitation on late term, which the majority of super progressive Europe even draws the limitation on. That's There's right. not even that in America. That's right. I want it all. That's right. Or I don't want the extreme position of the right. That's not. That's not how this thing is supposed to work. And then, then people are surprised. Well, there's a vitriolic reaction from folks like you and I and others that are pro-life to say, like, you guys are, you know, off the charts to use a technical term. Well, it's because you kind of are, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. What is our ability to dialogue anymore if it's either my position or my position or you're crazy? That's right. That's, that's the, those are the options that we have. It's a my way or the highway, and that's just not how public policy should um, should work. And of course, we're going to be believers in this cause because it's an exceptionally important cause that is that has life and death at stake in yep. the future of families and, and women and their, you know, their ability to, to function. And so, of course, we're going to then dig in in response. You betcha. Hey, um, I have to take a quick break. Can you stay one more segment? I want to ask you maybe a tougher question about the Pennsylvania Senate race. Can we do that when I come back? Let's do it. All right. Thanks, George. Uh, I'm Seth Liebson. He is George Kaloff from the Resolute Group, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Privileged to have George Kaloff with us. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and also the president of Data Orbital. George, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, race in the Senate in Pennsylvania. This is the Fetterman Mehmet Oz race. And it seems to me that something's wrong in this country or something's wrong in Pennsylvania. This is the state that once gave us Rick Santorum. The idea that Fetterman, who I don't think is qualified to run a gas station, and, uh, you know, he, 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 he makes the worst speaker you can think of, he makes Mark Kelly. Uh, sound like Ronald Reagan and JFK combined. The idea that he would even be polling close, much less showing polling above Mehmet Oz, tells me either you 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 fix me on this, George. Tells me either there's a lot more leftists and liberal sentiment out there than than maybe we're willing to recognize, or maybe. 
there's a lot more antipathy towards Republicans than we're willing to recognize or maybe something else. What explains this? Am I just off sure. base, Dr. Kaloff? No, <laughs> you're not. Uh, you aren't off base. I have I, I do have a third theory. And okay. OK, I'm curious to get your your take on this. Okay. I don't know that any of the your two are necessarily not correct. I think what is dominant is more the fact that in today's America, um, the average American, the average Pennsylvanian, Arizona, and I, I preached this in Arizona going leading up to the primary, there is a willingness um, to sacrifice issue misalignment. So you're going to get voters that I can guarantee you if they were in the Senate with Fetterman would not vote with him. I don't, I don't know. It could be 30 or 40 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But they feel like he is one of them. They uh-huh. feel like he is relatable. Mm-hmm. They feel like he is no, that's that. your yeah. typical Pennsylvanian yeah. versus Oz, who may vote with them more, yeah. but they feel like they cannot um, align themselves with him. And this isn't a money thing. This isn't an aloofness thing. This isn't because he said crudite, even though, you know, fine, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that. Um, because Donald Trump uh, has more money than Oz and had more celebrity power than Oz and all that. And, yeah, and was able to but connect. he could be a blue-collar billionaire. So more relatable right, is it, it, relatability is a word I used to hear sometimes. Relatability, yeah. it's the it's – Cares about my concerns. Exactly, exactly. Or in marketing terms, um, the, the left has traditionally done a bit of a better job of allowing voters to put themselves in their shoes. And now it's becoming more about – uh, likability and relatability and persona and perceived fight that it necessarily is about um, policy issues. Yeah. And then you add on to that, you add on to that, that national money is very focused on flipping Pennsylvania yeah. from Toomey to, to Fetterman, yeah. right? You add on to that some of the other gaffes unnecessarily that have happened and the fact that Pennsylvania is, I mean, a very clearly a swing state, right? I mean, and they, it did elect Santorum, but, I mean, it has a Democrat governor right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, these states can Denver. change, right? Virginia right. changed yeah, and changed states, again. You know, yeah. These states are swing, right. Right. Um, but Fetterman speaks in a way that maybe the average Pennsylvanian feels like, you know, you know what, these, these Republicans just feel a little bit out of touch. And the thing that I liked about Trump, I don't know if I'm going to get that with X and yeah. whose name. It could yeah. be Oz, it could be someone else. I think that's the theory that again, it's not any. I don't know that any one of these is a silver bullet. I think that one that that has to be in the mix. Yeah, that has yeah. to be in the mix. Let me take an extreme version of it. Now that you're planting that thought in my head, George, and I'm thinking while you're talking, this may be way off base, but just the extreme version of that would be. I wonder. In Latin, the phrase is ad misericordium, which means um, an argument based on uh, empathy. And I'm just wondering if. There's some of that maybe with Joe Biden in 2020. Maybe there's some of that with Fetterman, who's clearly, you know, a hand, you know, is 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 physically and maybe mentally handicapped. Maybe there's this a sympathy, empathy thing going on too, uh, an extra underdog kind of thing, a feeling sorry for the person so much so that any debate or accusation against him is seen as bullying or perhaps unfair. I don't know if there's a level of that. That's kind of an extreme version, maybe, to what you're saying. But I wonder if there's a dollop of it in there. I think there is. I think there is. I mean, we all remember, at least you and I would remember, the first debate that happened between um, uh, President Trump and Biden. And if you remember, that one was a bit of an inflection point in that campaign. I mean, it was an inflection point because of COVID, but also, frankly, because there was an aggressiveness there yep. that Joe Biden just wasn't able yep. to receive. Uh-huh. And, and again, the average American, and I don't, you know, I don't want to name names. This one's more of an Arizona example. Um, when people give, um, when people are raw, when people um, have 
public gaps, when people are a bit, bit affable, whatever metaphor or adjective you want to use, um, it does make them more relatable mm-hmm. because people are, I mean, the average person isn't super polished and hyper on it 24-7. Um, I mean, that was something people loved about, you know, George Bush and, and folks remember yeah. George W. Bush when yeah. he would say nuclear versus uh-huh. nuclear uh-huh. and the left would make fun of him. And John Kerry, what was the joke on him? He was an elitist, yeah. Ivy League. Uh, progressive that was out of touch could and, speak and, a million languages or whatever exactly yeah, yeah. right i mean you remember that jib jab video and i it was like i still chuckle when i watch it i watch it about once every you know a couple of years i don't know i'm a political so that kind of stuff gives me a chuckle and then <laughs> you know george w bush was the was just the fun governor yeah. from texas yeah. you wanted to have a beer with who do you want to have a beer with yeah john Kerry yeah. or george w bush That's hands right. down george w bush and then obama turned it on its head yeah he was a higher level but you did want to be friends with him. You wanted to, you know, you all showed up, sleeves rolled up, and you wanted to grab a beer. That's a big factor. And yeah. now yeah. I think people are more willing to, like I said, and I'm not saying it's a positive thing because I think in some fashion it's been detrimental because I'm someone who has very specific beliefs as you do. But it, it is sometimes it's less about beliefs than it is about that. And the perfect package is both. It's mm-hmm. when you have likability and you have very clear-cut beliefs that are combining together. But that doesn't always get packaged together. Someone once told me, and I think there's something to it. You can't really put your finger on it, but the most maybe I, I, you tell me, but one maybe the most important factor is this: the candidate matters. The candidate matters, yeah. right? The, and it, and when you say the candidate, it it you have to relate to them. You have to not feel like they're speaking down to you, and they have to have a degree of uh, comfort with the public policy issues, and uh, no substitute for brains. That having been said, uh, yeah, maybe may, there, there's there there seems to be this national conversation trying to say that, you know, the Republican primary pickers were just wrong. They were wrong with Herschel Walker. They were wrong with Mehmet Oz. They were wrong with I don't know if they're saying it about Vance or not, but I haven't looked at Ohio race. But, you know, also, too, though, you know, the people on the ground know what they're voting for. They know what they're getting. And uh, they 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 picked Oz. It's not just because he was endorsed. I mean, they. Donald Trump does not control the strings of the voters. He 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 doesn't control what they do behind that ballot box curtain. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and there is a there is an authenticity factor. Yeah. that I think people vote for. That's the word the I was. Primary, that's it. That's right? what it is. Right, yeah. authenticity. Yeah. But the other thing we need to keep in mind: uh, we don't control. We as in the Republicans, we don't control the vast majority of what is consumed by the public. And we all know that the vast majority of the media and pop culture is not controlled by us. And so that's, of course, going to paint a sometimes fair, sometimes unfair, but that's going to cast a vision on some of these candidates that made their primaries because of authenticity. Now they're being painted as something completely different. Yeah, that authenticity thing. It's a big... George, always good to talk to you. Always good to get your thoughts. Thank you for everything, sir. As always, George Kaloff from the Resolute Group. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks, you too. Okay, talk soon. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Liebson Show. If you're interested in a really unique investment opportunity, it's in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market, especially if you're worried about stock market volatility, check out my friends at YReFi. They're offering a great investment, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10 and a quarter percent return for investors. And your investment, it can be in a trust or an IRA, just as much as it can be in an individual or a joint investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good 
for others. And you can be a part of that, too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. Never a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do. And they let it speak for itself. Tony and Scott, so you've been very patient, sir. Thank you for your patience. Hey, uh, Seth, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, sir. So, uh, number one, I wanted to hold on the line because um, I'm definitely going to hold you to it, Seth. You said that uh, that you would uh, do debate prep. And uh, when I do run for office, Seth, I want you to do debate, help me with debate prep. I'd like you to be my campaign manager and my speechwriter. Oh, Tony, you're very kind and very nice, and the offer uh, <laughs> the offer stands. And you, any candidate for any office, can hold me to that as long as they have an R behind their name. I will help them with debate. All right, there, anything there you go. I, can. I love it. Yeah, you betcha. Hey, and then a couple of things. So I'm, I'm originally just uh, so you kind of spurred some thoughts while I was listening. So I'm originally from the Philadelphia area, and uh, as you probably know. Pennsylvania in general, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, very blue collar, very blue collar uh, stripe. And, and again, I, I don't know. Doesn't Fetterman like still live at home or something crazy like that? I don't know. I I just the odd. He just seems so odd. And even before the, the stroke hit him, he just seemed like an odd, odd duck, odd, yeah. odd person, yeah. odd guy for a party yeah, to want to put up for the United States Senate. I, I've seen I've seen a little bit of uh, of Doctor Oz and also Fetterman, not much, but I've seen the whole the whole shtick with wearing the hoodies and all that kind of stuff. And the only thing I can figure in that race is that again, with Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh being very blue collar, that that might strike a chord with the, with the folks of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How'd you like the Masters so, debate? That, but, okay, so actually, um, I coach football in the evening, so I did not see the debate. Um, I saw some of the highlights. I was uh, I, I, my candidate originally was Jim Lehman, and I went to the Jim Lehman uh, Masters, and I can't remember who the general was. Um, oh, McGuire, Mick McGuire, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, McGuire, and I was and I was really impressed with all three candidates, to be quite honest with you, and and I think that that was where Blake Masters, because he had a good primary and tough opponents, that's really where he kind of cut his teeth, and and if he did perform well, like you said, he did last night. That's probably where he got his. Uh, that's probably where he got his edge from. Yeah, yeah um, I, the, I, I uh, think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. What office the, uh, do you want to run for, last, Tony? What I, have I committed myself to? What are you going to run for? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've got to get my kids through college. Okay. I'll, I'll, Give me a couple more years, and I'll let you know. Well, you know what? I'm glad um, you say it because I think our movement and our party needs to do a better job of candidate recruitment generally. Um, generally, I just think we do. So uh, you, you let me know what office you're interested in, and I'll, I'll do my best to recruit you, buddy. All right. Hey, I, I love it. Is that, is that, can, can I ask you one more sure. question before I go? Sure. So I, I do – now, I, I, will, I will say that it, 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 it appears – that they've left Blake Masters out on an island funding-wise. And I'm talking about the Republican Party and Mitch McConnell. And when I watch television, I see, and I know Mark Kelly is very well-funded, and I see ads about, I don't know, about 10 to 1, it seems, Blake, uh, for Mark Kelly versus Blake Masters. What, 
Why, now, why why is it that they've left him out on an island, or, or am I just interpreting that wrong? No, no, there's something, and I don't know the answer, Tony. I don't know the answer. Um, I do know that for the disparity, it's incredible that it's a within-the-margin-of-error race. Um, and I do know that Mark Kelly has spent the last uh, couple of years doing nothing but dialing for dollars and calling in a lot of favors in the dialing of dollars for others and other candidates and having access to their fundraisers. The incumbents will always do better. I, d- I don't understand myself, the McConnell thing. I don't. Um, this is a race we can win easily, I think, um, with the right resources. And um, I know that there are independent expenditure committees. We had one on last week that are doing a lot of the ancillary fundraising for Blake coming in from the other side. Uh, but I don't know what that Mitch McConnell thing is about. Um, I, I, it's short-sighted. If, if what you're reading and what I'm reading is true, it's short-sighted. Bless you, sir. Uh, Blake Masters, he'll be right back with us. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. The man of the moment, Blake Masters. Sir, how are you? Feeling great. How are you? Well, you should be feeling great. You kicked butt last night. You did such a good job. Um, My producer was telling me when he was listening to the debate, you know, a lot of people, uh, they'll see their candidate and they'll want to sometimes throw a shoe at the TV or the radio because they're wishing their candidate would say this or that, X or Y, or go here or there. Never happened last night. You hit everything pitch perfect. Did you have a good feeling about it, sir? You know, I did. It was uh, it was fun. I thought we had a good debate. Um, you know, from my perspective, right, no pressure. All I had to do was go out and tell the truth. <laughs> That's exactly and, right. uh, I, You know, I, I almost, almost have to feel bad for Mark Kelly because he's got the tough task of having to try to defend his own record, which, of course, is indefensible. He's a rubber stamp for Joe Biden and these policies failed they failed the border they failed with the economy so it's like what was he supposed to do right it's obvious that he was going to be struggling and uncomfortable um but i think we put him on the ropes a little bit and i think the voters in arizona saw a pretty clear contrast between the candidates not not a little bit blake i think you did a big service um frankly uh for the media if they were paying attention or wanted to pay attention by exposing a few things that um i'm not sure i i'm not even sure the moderator quite quite saw until you put it uh to him directly that Especially on that abortion thing, you flipped it beautifully. You turned it on him beautifully. The idea that you elicited from Mark Kelly that there is simply zero restriction up to the ninth and including the ninth month of pregnancy, none, zero. Now who's the extremist? You did a masterful job on that. And frankly, I'm a little surprised he can't even uh, find or summon up the morality or wisdom or political sense to think that he might want to have a little bit of a departure from his president and his party on that. That's right. Yeah, look, you know, his his position's indefensible. It is. And he's, he's, unwilling to, he's unwilling to go where most Arizonans are. Most Arizonans want limits on abortion. Yep. You know, I appreciate people disagree about this issue, but everybody can agree that you've got to have some limits. Because up until the moment of birth, it's just, it's too radical. And only about 10% of people are really really on board for that, the sort of left-wing progressive activist. So I just said, look, here's my view. I believe in limits. I can represent the vast majority of Arizonans on this issue. And Mark Kelly's just radical. You know, he's radical not just on abortion, but on open borders and unlimited illegal immigration. I think it's pretty radical what's happening to our economy, right? 13% inflation. 
And I don't think he had good answers for that. You know, you can say you stand up to Biden, but, well, your voting record says different. It was a real service on the economy, too, that you did there, Blake, and as well immigration. Um, I, I would encourage people to watch the debate to get a master class on the economic problems we have by your opening statement and uh, the points you made during the debate. I thought Mark Kelly sounded thin and uh, light and weak in saying what he said about challenging the Democratic leadership. I've challenged Joe Biden on this. On what? We never got a specific. And his continued. Well, yeah, he, go he ahead. literally said at one point, he literally said at one point, when Biden messed, you know, yeah. when Biden put regulations on oil companies, yeah. I told him that was wrong. Right. I thought that sounded so it. thin. I got to tell you. You gave him a phone call. Yeah. You, you scolded him yeah. like you vote in lockstep with Joe Biden. Yeah. It's just fake. You He's gave lying. the president a real talking to, didn't you? And the other thing I loved, I loved he had, um, you know, I just don't think he's that that good or that smart, Blake. I I could tell because he just kept going back to the same talking point that didn't say very much, which is that's been a priority of mine from day one. How many times do you say that? I loved how you said, well, and you ain't doing a very good job. That's it. I, you know, I just asked him a very simple question. Senator, are you telling us, have you done everything in your power to secure the southern border? Yeah. And look, either the answer is yes, in which case, well, apparently you're not that good because we have a wide open border. You've been ineffective. You should resign. Or, I mean, what was his other alternative? To say no and admit <laughs> the truth, which is he hasn't done a darn thing to secure our border? Obviously, he's, he's at least clever enough to know that that would be political suicide. He wouldn't be able to say that. So he was just caught, you know, by his own record. Blake, um, I promised the audience I'd ask you this. Uh, we're talking to Blake Masters, obviously. How do you prepare for that? I mean, you were so well, uh, well, well prepared. You you were so quick and agile on you know anything that could come your way. How, how do you prepare, candidate? Uh, audiences love to know this sort of thing. You know, obviously, for the week or two leading up to the debate, the debate. You know, I, I thought about, hey, how would you boil down illegal immigration and all the craziness that Biden and Mark Kelly have brought upon us? How would you boil that down into 90 seconds, right? Yep. So there's some concrete thought that goes into it. But also, um, you know, I've been preparing the whole campaign. Yeah, My whole campaign for 15 months now, I've been speaking from the heart, yep. on the fly, about about some tough issues. And, and we're struggling here in Arizona, thanks to Joe Biden and his policies. So I just I believe every word I said, again, no pressure. And it was kind of uh, easy in some sense, because all I have to do is go out and tell the truth as best I see it. That's it. Mark. And so, uh, you know, you can't memorize. You can't be canned. You can't. And, and I think that's what most politicians try to do. It doesn't work. You just have to understand the issues, understand why you're running and tell people. And comfortable in your own skin. What did Mark Twain say? If you tell the truth, you don't need a good memory. I, um, go. yeah, no, I think Blake, the other great thing was when he, I think he called you a liar and you said about what? And he didn't give a very good answer. <laughs> he didn't have it, you know? Part, uh, uh, he said, all of that was, I listed like yeah, four yeah, yeah. concrete yeah. facts. All of that is untrue. Yeah. It's like, okay, which part? Which part? And he, was and he just stumbled and stuttered. Last point, though, too, Blake. Um, isn't some of it that you are out and about and you are available and you have had to debate primary opponents and you have done a ton of Q&A and this notion, where's Mark Kelly? Where's Mark? He, he doesn't go out and do Q&A. He doesn't get tough questions. That's some of it, too, isn't it? That that, you know, you, it's great preparation to be in, in, in the cauldron as you are. And he's, you know, tried to hide behind the veiled curtain and it shows he's just not up to it. That's right. If all you do is sit in D.C. and go to fancy dinners yep. with Chuck Schumer and, 
you know, you're never responsive to the people. And then, of course, his idea of campaigning is just spending a lot of money on TV with these fancy TV commercials, lying about me, lying about his record. Well, you become very disconnected from the people. And I think it was clear, even on the, you know, the, the less sexy questions, like we got a water rights question. Yeah. Water is a huge <laughs> deal in Arizona. Yeah. He, he spent two years in the U.S. Senate, and apparently he doesn't know that much about our water problem. It's so really I incredible. I him in that answer, too. Yeah. Uh, you just got to care. You got to care about the details. You got to care about what people are actually going through. And I, uh, I'll just conclude with you here, brother. I know you have to run. Um, also, there's no substitute for brains, and you've got them in legions. Blake Masters, thank you, sir. People want to help you out, they can go to BlakeMasters.com. That's BlakeMasters.com. Please help him out. This is a critically important race, and Blake's going to do it, man. Blake is going to do it. I am Seth Leibson, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I was talking about Matt Continetti's uh, column in the Washington Free Beacon about those decisions uh, that Joe Biden made on day one. You know, this will be my day one priority. He promised uh, during the campaign what they would be, and he made he made good on those promises. We were talking a few segments ago about uh, what some of those were with regard to energy and the problems he is now facing uh, with regard to uh, inflation and gas prices. And uh, dependence, dependence on places like Saudi Arabia that, uh, as you can see, are not always dependable, Um, to put it no higher, not to mention the embarrassment of having to go hat in hand to a country like like Saudi Arabia or Venezuela. The other one is the border. Uh, Biden created the border, the border problems on day one. He stopped construct on day one, literally his first day in office. He stopped construction of the border wall, ended restrictions on migration from the 13 countries associated uh, with the national security threats. You remember when they were complaining about the so-called Muslim ban? By the way, by the way, that lefty prime minister of Canada just did one. We'll see how hard the media is on him with a Muslim travel ban. Reduced the scope of interior immigration enforcement. And protected special classes of illegal immigrants, including, um, you know, the dreamers. He began the process of ending the remain in Mexico policy, where applicants for asylum had to wait elsewhere until the claims were decided. He terminated safe third country agreements, which mandate that asylum seekers must apply for protection in the first place. Um, they re- reach before they uh, get to the United States with El Salvador, Honduras and Guatemala. And now we have the problems we have. Those day one things they promise. Watch out for them. They're not empty promises. Turns out they're threats that they make real on. Seth Leibson, I'm going to take a quick top of the hour commercial news break and we will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.